Hello everyone, welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I wanted to create a place where people can go to to get inspired, get motivated, or find some clarity and get tools to create a radically loved life. I will do my best to provide information on a variety of subjects, including yoga, holistic health, life coaching, spirituality, meditation, and overall mindful living. Each episode will bring you some of the world's best spiritual leaders, entrepreneurs, yoga teachers, coaches, along with some of my closest friends, and we will talk about their life experiences and journeys to create something more out of their lives and how they continue to grow to make that happen. Thanks for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special episode of Radically Loved Radio. I loved talking to Mira Lee Patel so much. I had her, <laughs> I had her come back because she just released her latest book, Create Your Own Calm. And it is truly a work of art. Mira is an incredible artist and I am so just inspired by her ability to continue to create and create in a mindful way. And I think it really speaks to me and it also speaks really um, intently to our radically loved community. And I started to think about Mira because so many of my friends are leaving the city and I'm in LA, I'm in California, and currently we're experiencing a lot of wildfires. We're in the middle of a global um, pandemic. I don't think it's a pandemic anymore, but we're in the middle of civil unrest. There's a lot of things going on and a lot of my friends are leaving the city and I, I have so many feelings about it, but I figured that I would talk to Mira because Mira lived in New York and she herself has... Um, left her New York lifestyle for, I'm sure, different reasons. Um, but I'm just, I'm curious to have a chat with her about how she's creating her own calm and how her tips will help us create our calm. Hi, Mira. Hi, thank you so much for having me back. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so happy that you're um, here again. Um, I, yeah, I have so many questions because how how is your life like what made you decide to move to the countryside <laughs> um well to be honest i never made that decision um it wasn't something that i thought would be happening it's not something i ever dreamed of it kind of just opened up to me and it opened up to me during this one year 2017 not that long ago when I decided to face all of the things that had scared me for so long. Um, and that's kind of, that's kind of how it happened. And um, if you want me to go into the details of it, I can. I would love that. <clears throat> we love details that. on this. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the details are that I had signed on to write my second book, My Friend Fear. And my friend fear is a meditation on fear and anxiety and how it can be beneficial to us if we decide that we're going to actually look at it and draw it a little bit closer to us instead of constantly pushing it away. And so I'm getting ready to write this book and I all of a sudden honestly realize that I'm feeling a lot of imposter syndrome and I'm feeling that way 
because I am someone, I am a very fear, fearful person and I make a lot of decisions based on my fear. And I have always done this and I've always lived my life very safely um, because I am, because I was scared of, you know, so many different things. And so I thought to myself, how can you write this book? How can you honestly connect with other people? How can you tell them that their fear is something that can help them when you have only let it ever hold you back? And so I decided that I was going to honestly say hello to all of my fears all at once. And it was going to start with leaving Brooklyn, the only place I had ever lived during my adult life. I was going to quit the job that I had been at for nearly a decade that I had been so scared to leave. And I was going to take a chance on myself as an artist and a writer. And I decided I was going to write the book on the road while traveling alone throughout the country. Um, something that I had always been really afraid to do as, you know, as a small young woman. So I sublet my apartment, I quit my job, and I put everything, not everything, I mean, I put my laptop, my paints, and some clothes into a backpack, and I hit the road, and I traveled alone for about nine months that year, and it was the most unbelievable year, and what I learned was that when I opened myself up to the world, when... I let somebody see me for who I was, not for who I thought they wanted me to be. I was, I was welcomed. I was welcomed into other people's lives, into other people's homes. I made so many beautiful friendships out of complete strangers simply by letting myself be who I was. I ended up um, traveling to Nashville in May, only after a couple of year, couple of months on the road, because I had found an artist group on Instagram, and they ran, and it was a all woman run illustration studio, and I emailed them and I said, "Can I work with you guys for a month?" And they said yes, and I was really excited because I had never had a creative community in New York. I was, you know, always working too much to leave my apartment right. and see anybody. Yeah, and <laughs> so I. I was like, great. They said I could work from there for a month. So I guess I'll be in Nashville for a month. Like that was kind of how I was making my schedule. And I came here and I fell in love with everybody. They were just such a talented and kind group of women. And I was just, I connected with them immediately. And the first week that I was here, I met the man who is now my husband and we continued dating long distance while I kept traveling. And then in October of that year, I decided after I had gone back home, I decided, all right, I'm leaving and I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a new chapter. And I moved to Nashville. And six months after that, we bought um, this beautiful, house on a farm and we've been farming and now yeah, I have a completely different life.
<laughs> now we're now I'm a farmer. I mean, how and that's we grow so different. Our own food. Yes, it's so different. Yeah, it's a one eighty. All my friends back home on the East Coast are like, "Dude, what happened?" <laughs> and it's not something I could have planned for because it's not even a dream I had. I never had a dream to live on a farm and, you know, have animals and grow my own food. It's something that shaped itself simply because I decided I was going to be open. Yeah. It was going to be open to the world, to new possibilities, to a new way of living. And that new way of living presented itself to me. Wow. Yeah. That is so uh, inspiring, you know, that you were able to sort of go on this epic journey and, and find your soulmate and, uh, your, your, perfect place to live like that is so that is so cool like to be able to to do that you know I I know so many people that are out there in search of that and you weren't even looking for it like that is incredible right I mean I think that's why maybe it sounds cliche but I think that's why it, it happened because it wasn't looking for any specific thing other than to feel at home within myself, right? And to do things that excited me, even if I was afraid. Yeah. And when I decided to do that, when I decided, you know, what's the worst that can happen from being yourself and letting people get to know you? And the worst thing is, you know, being rejected and feeling crappy about it for a little bit. Um, It didn't, it seems like that wasn't such a hard decision to make. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That is, um, that's all about being in tune, right? Like you just really inquired within and you were able to answer those questions. You know, I, for me, that's the biggest gift of mindfulness and discernment is to be able to know those things, you know, so many times we question, you know, we question, Oh, is this right? Is this not right? Um, how can we find that peace within ourselves and how do we know when we're there? Um, so yeah, that's, that really is, it makes me so, um, it's so compelling to me. So how does, how does living in the city compare to being in Nashville? I mean, you literally went from like the busiest city in the world to Nashville, (laughs) Tennessee. Like, tell me what, what are the, what are the, what are the pros and cons? Okay. So the pros are that it is so quiet. Mm. It is so peaceful And that is something I had to get used to. In the beginning, I was like, this is weird. And where are the sirens? And where are the people? And, you know, where's all the noise? I couldn't sleep. But now I can't sleep unless it's pin drop silent. Wow. So there's that. Um, The other pro is the space. I mean, we have so much space. And now during the pandemic, I feel so grateful that we have this space to feel, you know, we don't feel trapped. There's a lot of yard. There's a lot of greenery for us to just feel free in and walk around and cultivate. And we're extremely lucky to be able to have that right now. Um, I think another pro is that I am a city girl. I am not sure that has changed, but I am learning about, you know, nature. I am learning to 
get dirty in a different way and have it, you know, my type A is being tempered a little bit, which is oh. probably good. <laughs> um, and I, I enjoy like, I enjoy the wildlife. I enjoy the learning part of it where, you know, I feel so mesmerized by, you know, oh my Oh my goodness, I see a fox, I see a coyote. Look at the stars, man, the oh. stars at night are unbelievable. And that is stuff that I never had before. You know, I was always in a suburb or in New York and it's just, it's, a, it's magical to be able to just step outside and be really in it with the earth. Um, I feel, I feel lucky for that. Um, the cons are that there is nobody. <laughs> There's no one here. We exist alone. Um, and that so could, again, that could be for some that could be considered a pro. Well, I think for the people that choose to live out here, it is a pro, right? They don't want to be bothered. They like having their space. Um, I feel again under the lens of this pandemic, um, it's a little tough. It's a little lonely it's a little um groundhog day where everything is kind of the same because no one's around and we're not you know we can't go to people's houses and things like that right now yeah um and the other downside for me especially that my husband has to hear me complain about constantly is so much driving there's so much driving and when i moved here i didn't even have a car and now I have to drive everywhere. And that is something I don't think I'll ever be down for that. I think I'll always be a public <laughs> oh transportation gosh. person. Yeah, I'll always want to walk. I'll always want to take a bus or a train. I don't think I'm ever going to be like, what's, yeah, I feel cool about a car. So <sighs> that's awesome. Those are my pros and cons. <laughs> that is, that is awesome. Is there any others? Um, I mean, the biggest pro is that it's a different life. And yeah. I feel grateful to be able to experience so many different things, you know, inside one life. And so it is a complete 180 from what I used to have. And I hope that in five years, we'll have another 180. And I think, you know, life is about collecting experiences. And so for however long we're here and for however long we decide to keep doing this farming thing, um, I think it's a beautiful experience for us. And so I'm grateful for that. Yeah, wow, that's, honestly, it's so romantical to me. Like Tori and I moved to Portland, Oregon for oh, a couple of years and I just, I still love it up there. I mean, I loved being mm -hmm. in um, nature. I loved all the green. I personally didn't mind the weather, you know? Um, so for me, it was really a peaceful and calming place to, to live and to be, but now it's like, we moved back to LA and just as of the beginning of this year, we have just been looking at other places. We're like, where else can we live? Where can we get more space? Like, I don't necessarily care to be in a city anymore. Um, and we recently came back from a road trip in Montana. We went to a, a friend's wedding and we, wow. yeah, we took a, our time to come to drive back. We drove there and we, we drove back 
And uh, we stopped at Yellowstone and we just drove through Idaho and Wyoming and Utah and Nevada. And to be able to just see the, you know, those, the countryside up in, you know, near Wyoming and, and Montana, I'm like, I can live on a ranch. Like I could do this. Yeah. I could, <laughs> I could totally be that person. I am with you. I, I look, I grew up driving in LA. You, everybody drives in LA. Right. But I love to walk. I I always wanted a place. I want to always wanted to live in a place where I can go outside of my door and walk to the grocery store or walk to go get a coffee or a tea or whatever, like, you know, um, and I just, it's, it's hard in LA unless you're in a small city, you know, like West Hollywood or North Hollywood or wherever, where there's like those little nooks, but it's, it's few and far between. So, right. I feel like there's so much frenetic energy from being in a city that people that grow up in a city like me don't even realize that you have until you go into a bigger space or a place and, or you're closer to nature. I mean, that's really my thing. So I'm, I'm curious to hear how that allows you to cultivate more of that calm. It's like being out in nature and just, yeah, having those moments where you look out your window and there's a fox or there's a coyote or whatever there is, you know, you're in that moment connected to your highest humanity, you know, like if this is how we used to live before there were computers and desks and stuff. So yeah, like, right. does it help yeah, you be creative more, I guess is the question. It does help me <clears throat> it does help me be more creative because there is more you know in order to be creative to make the work you need time alone so much of being a creative is solitude and so being out here has created um just by distance the obstacle of you know if I have, if I want to go work at a coffee shop, I need to get in the car and drive 25 minutes to the coffee shop. Mm -hmm. And so that immediately is a deterrent, um, to being around other people because of the obstacle of getting there. And so I find that I do spend more time at home in my home studio, which means that I have more time alone and I have the concentration and the space to get back into that flow of creating. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do think so. And the other thing that you mentioned with frenetic energy and nature and connecting with your highest self, you know, when you're out like among the trees and the birds and everything, I totally agree with that. And I think it's because when you are in nature, um, you are reliving the realization that you are connected to something larger than yourself, Mm -hmm. something larger than, you know, your inbox, something larger than your job or your family even. Um, You are connected to this entire ecosystem and this universe. And that is an incredibly, to me at least, and I think for a lot of other people, it's an incredibly calming realization. And it's an instant perspective shift. Yeah. So I like that. 
you know, when I, when I am feeling anxious, which is often, you know, I, I consider myself to be an anxious person. I find that a walk always helps for those reasons, because you're not only moving your body, which means you're moving your brain and switching gears, but also you're immersing yourself in nature and in the idea that whatever was cycling in your head and giving you such anxiety, maybe that is a very small part of life and your life and a very small part of what is affecting you in this grander scheme. And that perspective shift always calms me down. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's deep. I, I love what you said about being creative requires solitude. I can't, I don't actually remember if we talked about that when we first chatted a couple of weeks ago. Um, but it's so, it's so true. You know, I think that we think about, you know, that the whole creative process as needing external stimulation sometimes. I know it is for me, like I need to be inspired by something, right. something I read, something I see, a post, uh, something. So for me, any, in fact, the, one of the reasons that, that prompted the road trip was I was feeling so stuck. Like I felt so stuck, uh, physically stuck and um, creatively stuck. And for me, being on the road is so helpful. Like it really allows me, changing my scenery, you know, really inspires a, a different part of my brain to create something new, something different. So um yeah, you know, that's, that's always, I was so curious about what your process was in that. So, so thank you for sharing. Um, you have something, you have something extremely uh, connected to creation happening here in a couple of weeks. Do you want to share? <laughs> sure. Um, I am pregnant with my first child and um, they will be arriving in about a month. Oh, they no, just one. Oh, oh, <laughs> one child. Oh, 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 I was like, oh my good, Mira. I was like, wow, that is no, no, no. news. Here she will. Here she will be <laughs> okay, arriving that, in a yes, month. Yes, they. Yeah. Oh, okay, got it, got yeah. it. I love that. I'm just like, oh, I'm like <laughs> here first. Radically loved radios got the drop on what we're having. <laughs> multiple babies. <laughs> no, no, just one. Well, and how just one. Thank goodness. Has being pregnant like cultivated more creativity or has it kind of made you slow down more like how has this affected your calm uh, and your creativity I gotta say it's um the pregnancy took everything away I this has been my most non-creative year um being pregnant the exhaustion it has brought the you know the way pregnancy has been for me the way it's affecting my it has affected my body and emotions it has been a very difficult year for me to be creative and to produce work um and then paired with this happening during the pandemic has been also a lot of different layers of emotions i don't think i've fully processed or understood all of them but there's been like a lot of different waves of disappointment and discouragement and anxiety a lot of 
um, a lot of loss of control, which is, you know, usually a big root of anxiety yeah. and a lot of uncertainty, like what, it, what's going to happen and what, what if this happens and can I handle it? And, you know, a lot, it's very different than I thought a pregnancy experience would be. Mm. So... Wow. Yeah, it's it's made for a trying year, I would say. And I know that goes for everybody regardless of whether they're pregnant or not. So, it you know, it is a collective difficult year for all of us. Um and that of course, you know, that realization brings on, you know, to each person whether they are pregnant or dealing with whatever they're dealing with, which is taking care of somebody else, taking care of themselves you know, job loss or um, financial uncertainty, anything that you could be going through, then it brings that level of guilt also where you're like, well, and I know that somebody, I know that other people are going through a difficult time right now too. So I should just suck it up and, you know, mm. get on with it. Yeah. And I think that shoving away of your own experience um, you know, it only prolongs it because you're not actually working through the emotions, um, that you're experiencing. You're kind of just ignoring them. Yeah, no, I thank you for sharing that by the way, for being honest. Um, I know it's not easy for a lot of people. Um, and often, especially for women, there's a lot of guilt to having those emotions, especially, yeah. When you think about the grand scheme, it's like, you know, you might, deduce your experience or, or, or minimize it because you feel like there are other things going on in the world. And I just don't agree with that at right. all. You know, I think your experience is your experience and it should be revered and honored. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's been hard for a lot of people. And, and I think it's important for us to talk about it, right? Like to be able to say, yeah, this has been really hard. This is a hard and trying time. Like people are going through it. And yeah, I, I really, um, I think about that a lot. Um, whenever I talk to my friends or I might talk to one of my students that's having a hard time and, you know, we just have to celebrate our, our tiny feats. Like whenever we do something, you Absolutely. know, it's, yeah, it's an opportunity. So and look, you create art that is designed to really help with that uncertainty, right? I mean, so that's right. that's part of for me, I you the way that I believe it, it's like you teach mostly what you need to learn. And so right. I really resonate I with, totally agree. Right. So I resonate with all of the things that I talk about because I need to learn them myself. So I, I can always um admire when when you know, a, a, a peer of mine feels, <laughs> feels the same way. So thank you for, for saying that. Um, what, what do you think is, maybe let me reframe. I think right now we are searching for those things that are going to cultivate more of that calm, more of that peace, more of that mindfulness. What do you think is the thing that's been most helpful to you even during this difficult time? And what do you think would be most helpful to the people that are listening to this? 
Um, <clears throat> I think something that helps me always with my anxiety is remembering that the way I feel right now is temporary. Um, just, just like with everything else in life, this moment is temporary and it's going to pass and it won't be like this forever. And remembering that, you know, sometimes that means chanting it to myself and really having it as a mantra that I repeat over and over again because I'm so far down a cycle of anxiety where it doesn't feel like anything will ever be different. Um, remembering that and repeating it to myself is really what helps because again, I hope I'm not repeating myself, but anxiety takes such a hold on us and it eliminates any idea that life could ever be different. And I think that is such a paralyzing feeling. And so when that begins to creep up on me, I make it a point to kind of be stern with myself and say, listen, you have been anxious before. You have been in moments of extreme anxiety where it has taken over your body and you haven't been able to move and you haven't been able to have any thoughts and they have passed and this is going to pass also. And that makes me feel more, it, it gives me back my control. And when you get back your control, you're allowed, you're more able to work through the anxiety rather than letting it control you. Yeah. So that's something that has, that has helped me a lot this year. And the other thing, which is, you know, it sounds completely contradictory, but the other thing is I have worked hard on at um, being okay with not having control. And specifically with the pandemic, with the pregnancy, with, you know, my ideas of what this year should have been like, um, gone out the window, Lo losing control and letting go of control and learning to be okay with that has been really freeing. Mm. Um, it has, instead of making me more anxious and making me feel like uncertain and that anything that can go wrong will go wrong, it makes me feel like I don't know what's going to happen. And that means that there is a lot of possibility. And that means that, you know, A, B, or C could happen. And both of those, all of those could be great in different ways. And, you know, it brings me back to that year of 2017 with my friend Fear, where, again, just being open to any scenario and to letting things kind of shape themselves instead of feeling like I have to shape them, that can be incredibly freeing. And, um, it can be relaxing too. And so I'm learning how to let that happen. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I think it's great advice. I, I don't <laughs> think that you shared that in the last uh, episode that we did, but um, thank you so much. I mean, I really just wanted to have a chat with you and let everybody know that um, I'm, I'm just excited to, you know, once again, share, create your own calm with everybody. And I hope that um, people can, you know, draw from your personal experience and your authenticity and your honesty 
um, and help create calm, peace, joy for themselves as, as best they can, right, right. during this time. So thank you so Absolutely. much for joining us again for uh, dialing in from the farm. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and we're excited. We can't wait to meet the little one. Um, it's it. We we are very excited, and and this is a whole new adventure, and it it it's like the ultimate adventure, right? Yes. Thank you. I I mean I love talking to you. I could talk to you for days. So thank you for having me back on, and for all, all of your support. And I'm I'm I agree with you. There are lots of different ways to feel calm. And I hope this book will help people find at least one or two ways. Um, and thank you for all the well wishes. I really appreciate that. Of them. course. We are so grateful to have you as part of the Radically Loved community. And we wish you love and, and luck and um, just so much good energy through this process. And we are excited to have you back on again. Thank you. Do you like how I just added that in there? I'm like, you're coming back on. And um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I am down. Please, no let's make it a weekly thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I'm totally um, down. Mira, thank you so much. <laughs> the links to the book and all of Mira's handles will be on the show notes of this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to this special episode. And we look forward to hearing what you thought. Thank you all so much. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to continue to do this. Please share this with your friends. Email us, message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes, write a review. We love doing this, so please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening.